Welcome back to Magna Vita. I'm Alex Olson. Every week, we listen to hours of the best podcasts about personal and professional growth so that you don't have to. We present the best practices and principles to help us build a great life. Last week, we talked about progress and time. This week, we listened to 26 episodes. The four best ones talked about hope and gratitude. Sticking with gratitude for the bonus section this week, I wanted to share a quote that I share every time to start the resiliency lesson in the Air Force on gratitude. And it comes from one of the most successful people in the world today, Oprah Winfrey. And I think it's even more powerful when you know about the obstacles and the challenges that she's overcome. And so if you're interested, we talked about her in the third Failure Friday, and she really has an incredible story. I don't know of many other people who have overcome so much and helped so many other people to do the same. And I think she's been able to do it because of her focus on gratitude. So Oprah said, the single greatest thing you can do to change your life today would be to start being grateful for what you have right now. So it's such a powerful quote. I just want to repeat it again. Oprah said, the single greatest thing you can do to change your life today would be to start being grateful for what you have right now. And I love that idea that no matter how hard life is and no matter how much we're going through, we can always find something to be grateful for right now. And so I'd like to take a personal moment and thank my incredible wife. Um, I could not do this podcast without her. I couldn't do the day-to-day struggle and life grind without her. Um, You might have seen that she put up a post on social media about this podcast and she said some really nice things and I can't thank her enough because this has been a team effort and without her love and support, it wouldn't happen. And I just wanna say publicly that she pushes me every day to become a better man, to reach my full potential because I want to be that for her and for our future family. And so I know this is personal, but It really meant a lot to me when she shared that. It surprised me. It was the highlight of my day, of my week. And I think that's how it is with gratitude. And it was interesting when she shared that, the podcast really exploded. There was a lot of people that came and listened to it. And we now have people listening in almost 30 states. And we have a dedicated listener. I think it's only one, but I'm not sure, in France as well. And it's been so powerful to see that, not because this is a numbers game. We're not doing this to try to make money. That's why there's no advertisements. We don't do ads and we're not just counting numbers, but we're doing this to hopefully help someone. And so, but a lot of times it can feel very one-sided, like it's just me talking, which I do not love. And I just want to thank you for reaching out. The support and the feedback after she posted that 
was really amazing and I've written down all the nice things that you've said and I just want you to know that I wrote those down and I put them at the top of this document that I do all the notes on. So every time I go to work on this, the first thing I see are the nice things you've said. It's this, I title it the small victory section. And I just want to thank you because it gives me the strength to keep going when I feel weak and when I feel like there's other stuff I want to do or if I feel like this isn't having an impact, I can always go back to those small victories. So I know this is longer than the normal bonus and I'm sorry for the personal nature, but it meant so much what she did and it meant so much what you have said and how you've reached out. So I hope we never discount the power and the impact that we can have when we show our gratitude. The first podcast from this week is a new one that we haven't shared before. It comes from the Joe Rogan Show, and it's become incredibly popular because Joe is able to do these in-depth, pretty intense interviews with very interesting people. And he's done an amazing amount of them, and a lot of them are almost, or can be up to three hours. This one was two hours and 44 minutes with Dan Crenshaw. If you don't know who Dan Crenshaw is, he's a freshman congressman and he's getting more publicity and notoriety within the Republican Party. And it's interesting because a lot of that started when he was made fun of on national television on Saturday Night Live. And so just quickly, because I think it's a great learning opportunity, Dan was deployed overseas he was a Navy SEAL and his unit experienced an explosive device. Because of that, Dan had a traumatic brain injury and he ended up losing one of his eyes. And so he now wears an eye patch. So they made a comment about his appearance and then they said, I know he lost his eye in war or whatever. So this is a pretty offensive comment and just as a quick aside, I know how hard this must have been for Dan because he was at the Kennedy School while I was there as well. And I didn't get to meet him, but I did get to know his wife really well. She was my partner in a class and she talked about how difficult this was and how hard it was to be his caretaker and how she pretty much had to bring him back to life. So I know hearing about this on national television must have been incredibly upsetting, but Dan chose to take the higher ground. Instead of screaming on social media and trying to get more likes and followers, he said, we should try hard not to be offended and not to be offensive. So he was letting this be a learning moment. And because of that, he was showing us how we can handle tough circumstances and how we can find the good in them. And this really became his foundation and his opportunity which led to his success. And so just to wrap it up, Saturday Night Live apologized and I think they did it in the right way. And he went on the next week and um, yeah, it's just a really powerful story that I recommend looking up. But getting to the actual interview, sorry I know that was long but I think it's important. They started out talking about failure and suffering. 
Dan said, we need to learn how to fail so we can be humble and we can learn how to get back up. He said, hardships make us stronger as long as we tell ourselves the right story. Not that we are victims, but that we can overcome and learn from the experience. And I think he picked up these skills and this perspective from his time as a Navy SEAL. It was really interesting when he talked about that. He said, they told him, you're a Navy SEAL before you get to the training. You just have to prove it in the training. And so if you, if you haven't heard or, or don't know, that's the most difficult training there is in the military. And so it surprised me to hear that. But I really like the idea that what we need is already inside of us. And I think this can give us a lot of confidence and strength that we need to push through those hard times. And to do that, Dan said, we can't have a plan B. He said with Navy SEAL training, he said you can make it through if you don't have any other choice. And so I like this idea that if we just become so focused and dedicated to something, if we don't give ourselves an easy way out, then we can be successful. And the last part about being a Navy SEAL that was really interesting, Dan said Navy SEALs suffered so much in training that the actual combat didn't feel that bad. He said they were ready to suffer more and because of that initial suffering and training, they were able to succeed. So they talked about his time as a Navy SEAL and then they talked a lot about his time as a politician. And I don't agree with everything Dan said, but I think there's a lot to learn from him and his example. And I did really like when he talked about social media. Dan said, we have to remember the people that are being negative and critical on social media are the minority. And there's a lot more people out there that support us and want us to succeed. Then the host, Joe Rogan, was talking about all of the negative parts of social media and some of the things that they've done. And Dan didn't disagree with that, but he also added an important point that it's not all social media's fault. He said, we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves why we are supporting it. He said, our politicians can't save us from everything. And I really like that, that it gives us, it empowers us with the responsibility to change our own life as much as we can. And to do that, to finish up, Dan said, solutions with either policy or in our personal life need to be sustainable. And so again, I think there's a lot to learn from Dan about how to overcome failure, how to persist, and how to do it in a way that we can help others. The second podcast from this week comes from Freakonomics Radio. This week they talked about the grocery store Trader Joe's. And there are some really great life lessons that come from that company because they've been so successful and they've been able to create incredible loyalty with their customers. And they talked about how they've done that by being different. So I felt like a lot in my life I've tried to fit in or I've tried to just be the same as other people. 
And that's not always a bad thing, but they talked about how everything Trader Joe's does is unorthodox, which makes them stand out and hard to copy. It's really become their competitive advantage. And I love that lesson that if we know what's important to us, then we don't have to worry about everything else. We don't have to try to keep up with the Joneses or we don't have to try to climb the corporate ladder if that's not for us. Instead, we can focus on what matters most to us. And one of the things that matters most to them is simplicity. This typical grocery store has 30,000 items. Trader Joe's only has 3,000. They sell 10 times less products and they talked about how for them less is more. They said it's cheaper for Trader Joe's to have less products, but it also makes it easier for customers by clearing away the clutter. And it's the same in our life. We can eliminate the non-essential things and we'll have more time to focus on what matters most. And just a quick couple other things that have helped them to be successful. They said that Trader Joe's targets specific customers. They don't try to be everything to everyone. They said that Trader Joe's also works really hard to get all the small details right. They constantly research what products they should sell and how they should market them. And I, I like this principle that how we do those small things show how we will do the big things. There's the quote that how you do anything is how you do everything. And I don't think that's always the case. I think there are times that we shouldn't work super hard on those small things, but in general, I think it's a helpful principle. And it was interesting that Trader Joe's does almost no advertising. They just let their product and their people speak for themselves. And so the last part was they talked about how important it is for them to hire the right people. And they said when they train their people, they focus almost entirely on values, why they do what they do. And then the how takes care of itself. So being a cashier, helping with groceries or stocking the shelves, all that other small stuff takes care of itself when they focus on those important values and why they do what they do. So hopefully that helps in your own personal life as you learn from Trader Joe's of all companies. The next podcast from this week comes from Afford Anything. So the host is Paula Pant. It's a financial podcast, but I really like the tagline is you can afford anything, but not everything. So normally it focuses on finances, but this week she interviewed Mark Manson and he's an incredibly successful author and he just released a book about hope. And I really like to start out, they talked about how hope is everything and to build something or to do something, we have to first hope that we can actually do it. We have to have that hope and that drive that we can make it happen. And they said to build hope, we need three things. We need to find something we believe is important. Then we need to believe that we can accomplish it. And finally, we need a group of people, a community around us who share in our hope. 
and they talked about how this gives us this hope gives us a sense of control and helps us to actually get meaningful work done in our life it was really interesting though they talked about the paradox of hope they said the thing that will kill a dream is achieving it and I think it's really important to think about this because at times we can set a goal for ourselves and we can work so hard at it but then when we accomplish it we can kind of feel lost and we cannot know what the right next step is and they talked about how when we do this it's a cycle that we have to hope for something but then after we achieve it we have to find something new to hope for because we aren't happy unless we're chasing after something they said we need to have a goal that we are working towards and I think that's true but that's why personally I've been trying to shift my focus more to habits because goals by definition have a start point and an end point and I think they can be incredibly motivating and helpful but to accomplish those goals we need to have those strong daily habits in our life that will empower us to take small steps every single day. And to do that, they talked about two fundamental questions that we should ask ourselves. They said, the first one is, what will make me better? And the second one is more important. They said, what will make the world better? So I know that that can seem kind of over the top, but I like how simple it is that if we can become better, then we can help the world become better. And that doesn't have to be on a global level. It can be something small and local. It can be as small as helping our next door neighbor with something. Or it can be as simple as calling someone who's going through a hard time. But as we do those small actions on a daily basis, we really can make the world better. But to do those things, we need self-discipline, which is what they talked about next. And they said self-discipline is about managing our emotions, that we have to control our emotions or they will control us. And it was interesting, they said to do this, we need to make good decisions. And the best way to make good decisions consistently is to make them feel good. They said we have to find joy in the hard times. And so they gave the example of if we want to go to the gym, we have to make it feel good. And I think there's a lot of different ways we can do that. We can be grateful for the experience. We can take smaller steps and maybe make it a little easier now so that we can stick with it and so that it can be more sustainable. And to close out this podcast, they talked about how studies show that people who have principle-centered lives are happier, healthier, and more resilient. And the key is to know what's important and then focus on those things and not worry about the rest. The last podcast from this week comes from the Jimmy Rex Show. This week, Jimmy interviewed Chester Elton, who's the author of The Carrot Principle, which has sold more than a million copies worldwide. And the whole idea of the book is that we should use the carrot instead of the stick. That we should use positive reinforcement more than negative reinforcement. It was interesting, I think we all know this, but they talked about some ways that we can actually do it and some ways that we can be 
more grateful in our life. But first, so that we understand why we should do it, I didn't realize this, but they said the number one soft skill for leaders is gratitude. And that's what they've found through different studies and research. And they talked about the power of gratitude to motivate and help people feel appreciated. And some ways that we can do it, they talked about how we can write a handwritten thank you note once a week. Something that might only take us a couple minutes, but can mean everything for someone going through a hard time. And I really like, they said if we look for the positive, then we'll find it. Whether that's with our coworkers or our family or friends. And they said one way that we can do this is with our spouse or with a friend, we can talk about three things we're grateful for every day. This is something Sarah and I try to do to end our day. And we don't do it every day, but when we do it, it does really remind us how much we've been given. And when we're having a bad day, it's easy to be stuck in that negative cycle. But gratitude really can break that cycle and can help us remember how much we've been given. And so they also talked about a gratitude journal, which we've done before in the past that's helped a lot as well. To take a couple minutes and just write down what you're grateful for, which shows us again how much we've been given. And the last part that I really like, they shared an interesting quote from Albert Einstein. He said, there are two ways to live. You can live as if nothing is a miracle, or you can live as if everything is a miracle. So I love this focus on gratitude because it's something that's so easy, and it's something that we can do right now, but it's something that can change our life and the life of people around us as well. In closing, we hope these tactics and tools about hope and gratitude help you or someone you know this week to build a great life. Again, want to thank you for the reviews and sharing the podcast. Your support means more than you know. And we want to thank you for listening. We know you're really busy and it means a lot that you're here. If there's anything we can do to change or become better, please don't hesitate to reach out. There's the anonymous feedback form or you can send us a personal message as well. But we just want to thank you again and we'll see you on Friday. Thank you.